Hey. You okay? Oh, uh, it's um, it's pretty intense out there. There are some really angry men. There's a very big group of, of very angry men. They yeah. um, they think you need to you know burn for for what you've done. And um, mm-hmm. they're I, I you know I'm guessing supporters of uh, the ex president. And uh, um, but you also have a a, a you know. There's the army of one out there. Well, she's out there? She? It's it's a whole group. Oh, I thought it was just a woman calling herself that. Oh, she really? Gathered, yeah, this woman has been, like, reaching out to me, and she oh. told me she had been with a secret government agency and that she's been on the other side of some of the fuckery stuff I've experienced. So Wait, we, what? What? Yeah. She called herself the army of one. Okay. And, uh... She told me she really sympathized with my situation. Yeah. And she knew about it kind of as an insider whistleblower. And she has, you know, obviously defected from that and had risks, you know, in her own safety to come to me and and give me some of the inside dirt on some of the tactics they use and strategies and stuff, especially the technologies. Would you be willing to give me her contact information? I mean, I don't know if that's the safest thing. And she's really, she's Fair. reluctant to talk about this stuff, you know, with other people. It, it was, it was, I think, an anomaly that she talked to me. But okay. you can approach her and, and okay. tell her we've been talking and then see how yeah. she responds. I mean, she, for all I know, she's outside right now. I just didn't realize that there was, you know, one person called the Army of One because there's a whole group of women out there wow. that are wearing these T-shirts. They're purple T-shirts and they say uh, the Army of One. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess she's gathered some support then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, which is good because there's, they're up against a pretty formidable amount of um, animosity. Yeah. There's, wow, they're just so angry. And, you know, you think, you, you know that that's out there, that that energy is out there, obviously. I mean, he got elected in the first place. Right. But it's scary to see it right there in front of you. In, in all its vehemence. Yeah, we could call it evil, but that's kind of archaic. It's, it's fear, right? Yeah, and, you know, I try not to get into too much of an us versus them, but they, <clears throat> when the them wants to kill you, it's, it's, it's hard, hard not to. to it's hard not to. Anyway, I am um, sorry you experienced that. I'm I'm glad you're safe. Yeah, I'm just thinking about, you know, what happens when I leave and and are you going to be okay, you know? Well, I'm here until I'm not. That's yeah. how I feel about my situation. I guess but this is you probably... might need a bodyguard or something yeah. or some some help with that. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to say this is probably the safest place for you to be, but we know that that's not necessarily true. Well, We've... it's where I am. Yeah. So I'm trying to make peace with the fact that, you know, I know I've caused ripples, both positive and negative, and 
light and dark with my action, and so yeah, I'm dealing with the sure consequences have. and fallout. You it, sure have, <laughs> to say the least. You have stirred up some shit. Mm-hmm. But it was there for stirring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. So I've learned some interesting things this week. Oh, that, really? Yes, I'd like to talk about. You've been doing your homework. Well, yeah. I mean, it turns out that you, speaking of, you know, allies and enemies, hmm. you have some very high-profile uh, allies and enemies on both sides. It, it also seems like there are some people who it's hard to say exactly what they are. But they definitely seem interested in your case and your story and have been watching, you know, very closely <laughs> and posting some really interesting things in response to what's going on with you and to some things that you had posted. Um, my partner, as it turns out, is kind of a fangirl oh, of yours. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, I knew that she admired you. I didn't realize that she spent so much of her time uh, on the internet looking at Reddit threads. Uh-huh. Here's, here's what's out there. I, I don't know if you're aware of this because you probably don't get access to no, any of that stuff you know, in here. It's not, it's not really Club Med here. So there's some Reddit threads, or maybe there's a Reddit thread. I don't know. I haven't looked. Uh-huh. That is comparing your social media posts and then what appear to be response posts by some three in particular prominent male figures. Oh, yeah. I see. I think I know where you're going with this, but I'm not sure that's our best path for this conversation or any conversation, really. What's your concern? Well, you know, A, you just mentioned your concern for your own safety and for yourself and your partner, and I don't need to put more people in danger, obviously, right now. And, and B, you know, it's always been a very murky territory, even for me, and I've been front and center in it. So I'm reluctant to, you know, drag other people in, even in an indirect way. Well, we're, to be clear, we're not going to use any names. Yeah, that's probably wise. Yeah, I just know that the folks at home are interested in hearing your perspective on this. And uh, and I am too. I am too. Uh, I find it really surprising. Um, there's a, so, so let's come up with some nicknames here. Um, there's a prominent rapper that you have an unlikely, I don't know if friendship is even the right word, uh, Mutual awareness, we'll say. A mutual awareness. Uh, unlikely friendship, like those things where it's like a dog and a dolphin are becoming friends. <laughs> dog and a dolphin. Which one are you? Clearly the dolphin. Clearly the dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So God. how did that start? You know, I got to be honest, I don't even really know. And this isn't someone who I would have sought out his energy or his work or his, you know, body of art, because frankly, a lot of his lyrics are super misogynist. Mm. And um, that's kind of repellent and horrifying to me on many levels. But um, 
then you start to peel the layers of the onion and start to see the soul beyond the role. You know what I mean? Like you start to feel the human, you know, underneath the persona. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, fame's tough. It's especially, you know, he... He started pretty young, right? Yeah, I'll tell you what. I think fame is a disease. and mm. That's a strong statement. Yeah, I don't think there's a cure. I think the only cure is... That's why so many of them die young and overdoses and and stuff like that. And they just, you know, or they go and self-destruct, you know? Yeah. And especially the ones who started, started younger. But yeah, how did it start? I don't know. I was kind of just became intrigued with some of his... Uh, evolution I'll say it seemed like he Hmm. was you know starting to be trying to be a better man and trying to you know save his marriage and and a lot of human empathetic relatable things that if I looked past the lyrics yeah and you know some of these guys you can just see that they're tormented right you know like there's just this this void inside them that they're always aching and seeking to fill right you know whether it's with women or money or stuff you know the toys the the you know the achievements the awards they just it's like they're hungry hunters well yeah and i think there's this fraud complex i mean that everybody has but especially as a celebrity that you know there's this terror of oh my god if i go outside without lipstick is it all over for me? Is someone going to snap a picture and then suddenly I'm ugly and nobody likes me anymore? And, you know, the only thing I know how to do is take it away from me. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think most of these guys that you're talking about that I have these little weird sideways mm. cyber connection kind of things with don't give so much fucks about how they look because they yeah. all look I guess pretty I'm, damn good. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm thinking more but, about yeah. the women. You the know? women celebrities sure have to yeah. be concerned about their weight and their appearance mm-hmm. and, and looking, you know, put together. Right. Um, these guys, I think it's more about their image and their reputation sure. and how people see them. Well, and I think that whole, you know, misogynist lyrics and the the posturing and the macho, you know, machismo, I, I think it, that's all part and parcel of the same thing, right? That yeah, they, there's this peacocky thing mm-hmm. that happens, which is just like overcompensating for deep insecurity. And yeah. Like I said, that void that can never be filled. Right. From the outside. And I think you probably represent to these guys something a little more solid something a little more real that you have this kind of depth to you and this you present an interesting challenge i think <laughs> i'll you know that yeah the you challenge part you don't bore them <laughs> well you know they don't bore me either i'll give them the, i'll give them credit there they're you know unpredictable even though they have these sort of player moves that are adolescent yeah. and ridiculous sometimes <laughs> They also have these sweeter sides and these softer sides that I find uh, genuine. You know, there's the put on, you know, kind of act. And then there's when the mask slips. And that's the part that drew me Mm -hmm. with them, with each of them. So moving on to the next one, shall we call him the soulful strummer? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty perfect. I kind of think of him as the perv next door, but... (laughs) (laughs) I like that one, too. I mean, he's a self-professed porn addict, you know. He goes on a family morning 
show and says that. And it's like, <laughs> he just, I smacked my forehead and I wanted to give him a little sisterly, like, ear tug, like, what are you doing? That's sisterly, but, that's interesting. Do you think of yourself as sort of like a, you know, a big sister? Yeah, I feel like they're my bratty <laughs> little brother sometimes. And, you know, other times they kind of seem like, you know, these sexy, Although I think you're seductive. the same age, aren't you? Yeah, of two of them, I'm, we were all born the same year, three of us, and then this other one is a bit younger. But, mm. um, you know, then they have that sort of old soul, yeah. you know, wise side to them, but then that adolescent, immature, goofy, yeah. third grade side, you know. Yeah, so, of course. you know, I, I, can, I can identify with that blend of energies myself. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. a little I, bit of a kindred, you know, like, like, and brothers will tease you and they'll elbow yeah. you and they'll trip you when you walk by and you're rolling <laughs> your eyes and smacking the back of their head and telling them to wise up and straighten up. And, yeah. You know, well, and I think that there, you know, that when you have that kind of dynamic of there's a little bit of a mutual respect, there's a little bit of a mutual, you know, like I see you over there, I see what you're doing. Yeah, you know, like it can be affectionate. It can they can sometimes have a mean streak and lash out because mm-hmm. they feel attacked or they feel judged, like sure. anybody, you know, would in those circumstances. And then they are super paranoid in many cases because they have been thrust in the public eye from young ages and then judged, yeah. and so. You know, they got called womanizer and they got called misogynist and they got called douchebag, you know, from a young age. So I don't even think they were they were those things when they were called that. But then they almost like were like, well, if that's how people are going to see me, I might as well just have fun (laughs) with it. You know, like and in some cases it was accurate Mm -hmm. and in other cases it was an unfair label thrown their way. Um, Well, you know, the the third one. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> you mean like psycho cult leader guy? Oh, wow. That's, I wasn't even going to go there. <laughs> Let's but, just do it. Um, he has been in the news recently uh, for some exploitative interactions with uh, girls. Yeah. I, I'm not even going to say underage women because yeah. that's a bullshit term. They're girls. Yeah. Undeveloped. Yeah. Yeah. They're, you know, teenage girls. Yeah. And... Uh, I understand it on one level because it's really hard not to exploit your your fame and your power at a certain level. And you have these girls that are, I'm sure, throwing themselves at you. But A lot of drugs. A lot of drugs. Yeah. It's a whole, you know, lifestyle thing going on. Um, but it's sad. Isn't it's, it sad? It's, it's truly tragic. And, and I say that for the girls. Yeah who don't know better and put themselves in these situations to be taken advantage of. 100%. And for these guys who are now, you know, constantly facing and fighting temptation or giving into it because it's just there. And so they don't know differently. They don't know, you know, wooing a woman in a proper way, maybe. They don't know. They only know seduction. They don't know real romance, you know. And so that's... Something that, like, I never really necessarily thought of any of them as a potential life partner. Was I charmed and drawn in and attracted and curious? Yeah. But could I imagine them, like, picking up the half and half for the coffee or taking out the garbage? (laughs) No, they probably have teams of people who do that shit. And I really like a guy who's hands-on and who's present, emotionally available, Mm -hmm. and these guys are on tour for large portions of the year. Yeah. 
out, you know, late nights and, and partying, and they never kind of outgrew that phase that a lot of us outgrew in our 20s mm-hmm. and 30s. And but is there, there anything... still partying hard. I know? mean, is there anything wrong with a little flirtation, honestly? Well, I mean, that's what I thought going into it, and mm-hmm. then it got a little weird, got a lot weird. It, it and, does. You know, like, I'm not someone who's comfortable with being with a married guy either, mm-hmm. and so crossing that line even in a harmless, friendly, flirtatious way was uncomfortable for me. Yeah. And I always want to respect that line. And, you know, and unfortunately, because all of these guys are a little bit, I would say, awkward with women, Mm -hmm. I think that's the other reason they kind of go for girls is because it's easier. It's just easier and, and, you know, builds up their ego. They're the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And so the women who are a challenge for them, they admire us from afar, but they don't know how to get close. They don't know how to really make the direct approach. They come in at you on these sideways, subliminal, ridiculous, kind of entertaining, Uh and other times creepy ways. And it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you've ended up giving them a lot of free emotional support yeah like the the big sister role and then like the therapist role that it's Mm -hmm. just like you can't watch it you know a a squirming dying animal and not want to help them you know and and i can't rescue all the stray sad fuck boys it's not my mission in life (laughs) believe me especially since i kind of just rubbed one out i really you know to his own higher nature without I really want the Stray Sad Fuck Boys to be a band. (laughs) It's definitely a song title anyway. Um, You know, and like, so that, I almost feel guilty for saying that phrase. Because, again, if that's a label that's been thrown at them through toxic masculinity from a young age, Mm -hmm. and they couldn't escape it. Yeah. I was kind of always trying to show them, yeah, you're a punk. And yeah, you're kind of a dick sometimes. Yeah. But you're also sweet. And and I'm going to water the sweet. And I'm going to try to starve the fuckboy side of you Mm because that doesn't appeal to me on any level. And I find it really, you know, a sad cage that you've put yourself in and then let other people cast you in and you don't know how to get out of. And I see you like this, you know, fish on the dock just gasping for air. And so, like, I would have a combination of pity and contempt for them, like I'm sure Mm -hmm. everyone does for Mm -hmm. me right now. Yeah, but it's it's a little different from you. You know, you say everybody does, but you... You were a sort of muse oh, God, for I them. Hate that word, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry to use that word. I don't no, have a better one. I do. I do hate that word because it's another exploitation of feminine energy, like you say, like doing the emotional lifting and the heavy labor. And like these guys, they have that workaholic hustle grind thing going, right? So they go out there and they smash goals and they crush it and they they collect their awards and their accolades. And I'm saying this facetiously, but like that's their identity, yeah. and it's really important that that's how they're seen mm-hmm. by, you know, the public at large, but especially by women, because yeah. that's currency for them, mm-hmm. you know? And so did I do emotional labor for them? No, maybe I pointed them in a different direction saying you don't have to live this way. And there's mm. other ways you can evolve and grow and mature and heal. Mm-hmm. And they liked it and they hated it. And I felt like the teacher in the urban classroom going, you know, hey, let's try and read some Shakespeare, or do a rap or, you know, just like trying to speak their level and get down, you know, in their face a little bit, but then also backing up and letting them digest and absorb and process. And, you know, who am I to think that I have their answers? That's my arrogance, right? right. But I just 
like felt their cries for help in their eyes. And there's no other way to put it except that I felt like, you know, I was somehow designated or assigned or like, you know, just deployed to, if not rescue them, then to at least, like I said, show them a different way. I guess that's what I mean, though, by emotional labor, yeah, you know, I, for I, sure. because so, you know, we women, we end up doing that. You know, we we see the good, we see the potential and we want to rescue these guys from from themselves. And you can't. And it's not you even appropriate can't. or healthy or sexy you or fun. It's just no. like you putting yourself in that martyr role. Mm-hmm. And that I used to call it the Wendy syndrome. And the Peter Pan thing. Ah, ah. You know, like, you got to sew on his shadow and you got to help the Lost Boys and you got (laughs) to drive them all, you know, to school and pack their lunches. And that's interesting. See, I saw it as more of like a Pyramus and Thisbe kind of, you know, passing notes in class sort of thing. Oh, wait, that's the Greek myth. I know that one. Yeah. My humanities teacher in like eighth grade drilled that into us. That's the one where, like, there's this these, this pair of lovers and they're passing notes through a hole in the wall, right? Because mm-hmm, their mm-hmm. parents, it's like very Romeo and Juliet, Starcross stuff. Right. Their parents hate each other and they can't be together out in the open. So they find secret ways to get messages to each other. I know it from Shakespeare. It's from Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a Greek myth first and then Shakespeare. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But, they, you know, they're the sort of comical... You know, yeah. take on Romeo and Juliet, like yeah, you said, yeah. it's, it's sort yeah. of you know the star-crossed lovers, but it's yeah. but it's very funny. So they that. have to be, you know, like teenagers in love, mm-hmm, who, mm-hmm. you know, have disapproval around them. They have to be kind of crafty and sneaky. Yeah. Well, and I can tell you, as a person who has been in a you know a a romance that was forbidden from the outside, <laughs> I've been in a few of those. When you like girls, that happens a lot. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, what ends up happening is that you don't question your feelings anymore because you're so busy fighting those outside forces. It becomes the goal in itself. It becomes the adventure of just... I think they call that trauma bonding. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's exactly right. And so, you know, you end up in these situations, like I ended up in in, in my long-term, you know, abusive partnership, um, because you were so busy fighting for the relationship that you don't stop to actually Go, is this question, toxic for me? Yeah, yeah. Is this yeah. is this the right relationship yeah. for me? Does this person even see me? Yeah. I don't know who I really Because we're so rebellious. We just, we want what we want. And... Well, that's what the appeal of these guys was for me. My inner rebel yeah. and my, you know, renegade was like, they're out there doing it. And they're mm-hmm. out there living these double lives and living these, you know, big lives. Yeah. And I thought, wow, you know, I'm just sort of behind the scenes more and, you know, and I guess part of me wanted the limelight and the spotlight, Mm. but most of me didn't. Yeah. So the part of me that was, you know, really craving that and curious and hungry for that was not as strong as the part of me that wanted my own freedom and autonomy and privacy Mm. and sovereignty. That part of me preserved me and I think kept me sort of invisible to, you know, certain radars that might have launched me into that level of, in that stratosphere of stardom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, double-edged sword, you know, you right. want to get out there and you want your message to be heard and mm. you want your voice to matter, but you don't want your life to be fucking hijacked. Right. Well, and you want the message to get to the right people. Well, because if it's in the, the right hands, message, you want it to get to all people. Yes and no. I feel like if you, you can't please everybody. Well, True. 
And so if you if your message gets kind of hijacked and, and taken out of your hands and, you know, spread to everyone, it's mm. going to get taken out of context. It's yeah. going to be misunderstood. Watered down. Yeah. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I think there's the, you know, there's the people who really need to hear your message. And then there's the people who are like, mm, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, where they don't get it, or they, yeah, could, or they, they wouldn't it. understand. You yeah, know, even if you drew them diagrams or <laughs> gave them maps. Here's the know. map. Yeah, here's yeah, the X. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm not saying I have all this higher consciousness wisdom, and that I don't have my human foibles. Clearly, we know that's not true. You can have both, can't you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly yeah. right. I'm saying that. Um, I'm a little sad that it's t- taken this kind of. I'm sure people are calling publicity stunt or cry for help or whatever to get, you know, my story out there. Yeah. But at the same time, that's what it is right now. Yeah. So. Well, hey, it hasn't been boring. (laughs) It's not boring. I will say, I think as humans, we do a lot of crazy shit just to shake things up, just to break up the monotony. I've definitely found, you know, when I was dating back in the day, I would date ladies and gentlemen, uh-huh. and I would put right on my dating profile, you can do literally anything but bore me. <laughs> Careful what you wish for, right? <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, the sad truth was that that was the reality for me at that yeah. time, yeah. that anything that surprised me was good, in my opinion. Yeah. And I was willing to put up with, you know, all kinds of crazy psycho shit just because it was different and just because it you know it it took me outside of my little boring reality for a little while so i used to say that there really is no such thing as boredom Mm. and that what that stagnant state that we experience really is or the seeking of drama to shake up our daily mundanity is a soul hunger, right? So coming back to this fame is a disease thing, Mm -hmm. these guys and where I was at at the time, you know, like, I wouldn't say I was seeking them because I was bored with my life. I would say I knew that something bigger was calling me. So I wasn't necessarily bored with the life I had. I had some peace. I had some, you know, passion. I had that spark and that fire in me but it wanted somewhere to go yeah and it wanted something to do that would have an impact and a meaning Mm -hmm. so I don't really think people are bored or depressed or anxious I don't buy into that shit I think that's the clinical approach I feel like you know you're not going to get spiritual and emotional answers from physical solutions Mm -hmm. and we still seek them and we still want to numb out and to run away from our feelings and to, you know, just try to have, you know, magic bullet answer, one size fits all. And it's just not that black and white. It's not that simple, you know? So, you know, when people say, you know, I'm bored, I question that. I question, do you even know who you are or why you were born or what you came here to do? Because that that feeling that you have of being dimmed or dulled down is your spirit's trying to break free from that cage that you might call boredom or you might call restlessness or, you know, whatever other label we throw at it. Um, But yeah, for me, art and speaking and writing and 
creating was always an antidote to that um, that restless mind syndrome, you know? Yeah. The and, mundania. Yeah, and and it was good for a while, but then I did start to build some resentment towards seeing people who I felt, and this is my arrogance, were not as smart or creative or tapped in as me, but were, you know, working in a different way and having massive levels of success by doing less. Yeah. You know, calling it hard work, but it really wasn't. Mm -hmm. Showing up for what looked to me just like a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And yet I know that posing for pictures is not fun. I know that, you know, trying to be on 24-7 is not fun. And so, you know, I had this, again, that torn feeling of, wow, their life is so glamorous and amazing, but knowing that it really looked and felt empty Mm-hmm. beyond the glimmer and the shine mm-hmm. that they're really I guess like you said earlier they came to me for substance and and what they really got was <laughs> probably boring <laughs> lectures and and put downs that they didn't expect because they have they surround themselves with yes people who kiss yeah. their ass t- all the time and who don't challenge them and who don't mm-hmm. say yeah I see through your shit kid you know yeah. so I just was like I don't care who you are what you do or how much money you make or how many awards you have or how yeah. many titles you have behind your name or how many houses you have around the planet or your private jet or how many women you fucked tell me your soul yeah show me your spirit show me your heart and I think that maybe for them was the hook with me about why they started to read my stuff or secretly distribute my stuff through certain networks. And, you know, like it was really pretty crazy making to feel like they were tuning in and giving you that attention, but not a praise or recognition or acknowledgement or compensation that they were getting just for showing up and breathing. Yeah. That seemed wildly unfair to me and unjust. And so I probably took some of my angst and frustration and anger, I'm sure I did, out on them of like loving them and hating them, of wanting them and needing them and wishing they were dead, <laughs> you know, and and also wanting to save them and wanting them to, you know, become better men and just feeling that kind of trauma bond of... I can't get out of this now. This is like a soul group or a clusterfuck of crazy or some, you know, pattern that we all share that I don't know how to remove myself from. So in some ways, my desperate act of, I guess we're calling it assassination because that's what it is, was to just obliterate that energy on the planet, to get rid of that bullshit posturing. Do you think that's possible? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just know I did what I felt I needed to do to at least shake the snow globe. Shake the snow globe. Mm-hmm. Let's call it that instead of assassination. Okay. <laughs> Shaking the snow globe. It works for me. Yeah. I'm hoping, I have to say this, you know I have to say this, I'm hoping that at some point you'll trust me with the story of what happened. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure that that history needs that and people want that and it's a mystery that only I can maybe solve. And so I understand the weight and responsibility of that, but I got to say I'm not ready. Okay. Okay. And I don't even know how I would begin, but, you know, I'll I'll keep it in mind and if it were going to be anyone, it probably would be you. Mm -hmm. 
But I'm just Thank not you. ready. Yeah, I'm not ready for okay. that conversation yet. So you, we haven't said much actually about your soulful strummer pal. Oh yeah. You want to tell me a little bit more about that? Uh, do I? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! What is that? I don't know. What the hell's going on? Okay, okay, okay. Oh. I'm going. I'm oh, going. Jesus. She's on the ground. She's on the ground already. 